From Leader in Me Studios, I'm Molly Garcia. This is The Empowering Teacher. Welcome, everyone. Have you ever wondered what would happen if students were in charge? Or better yet, what's stopping us from letting them? As empowering teachers, we define leadership as communicating people's worth and potential so clearly that they can see it in themselves. When students discover their genius and they feel empowered to lead, there's no stopping them. So what's stopping us from helping them to discover their hidden potential? Well, to help us navigate through these questions, we're getting real with Betsy Weirda, a leader me coach from the Sunshine State of Florida. Betsy is a former district inside administrator and has served in many roles in the field of education. Betsy, welcome to the Empowering Teacher Podcast. Oh, thank you, Molly. It is so great to be here. It's such an honor to have you with us today. I would love for us to start our conversation by just sharing with our listeners a little bit about the region that you serve. Sure, absolutely. I'm a coach and consultant in Georgia and Florida, but I work all over the United States and it's so exciting. I also serve as an executive coach, which is wonderful. I get to work with district leaders, principals, teachers. What a great opportunity I have each and every day. Yeah, I can only imagine just how excited your schools are to have you partner with them. Now, Betsy, this season, we're looking practically at the Leader Me framework. And for this episode, we're getting to all things practical with student leadership roles. And I would love for us to start our conversation today with a question, what happens when we empower students to discover their genius through leadership roles? Yeah, great question, Molly. And this is my passion. The answer is everything everything happens, right? So student confidence increases, engagement increases, behavioral issues decrease, pride increases. There's a sense of purpose with all stakeholders and leadership becomes actionable. Mm -hmm. All stakeholders begin to lead and schools begin to embrace this idea of 100% of the people doing 100% of the work. It's very exciting. Yeah, you can hear the energy and just you sharing that piece with us. And you have a school in your area that does this exceptionally well. Can you tell us just a little bit about this school and, and how students truly lead on their campus? Okay, so I'm so excited. I'm just like jumping out of my skin here <laughs> to share with you Bonita Springs Charter School. It's a K through eight school on the west coast of Florida, led by the dynamic Carissa Carroll. There are 1,300 students there, and every single student, Molly, has a leadership role, not only in the classroom, but outside of the classroom, whether it's in the community, at the school level, or globally. Wow. I mean, that's all encompassing. You said 100%. Yes. Yeah, that's amazing. So let's just break this down a little bit. Let's start by defining what is a leadership role and what is it not? Molly, well, some people think it's just semantics, role versus job. And yet in Leader Me Schools, we understand that role means something different. That word means a meaningful position, a position where students can use their gifts and talents to pay it forward and where they're connected to the collective good. And so it's not just a job. It's not just something we do to comply. It's actually something we contribute to. So there's a big difference there between job and role. Yeah, I heard you say their gifts and talents. I'm, I'm curious, Betsy, how does student genius come into play with leadership roles at Bonita Springs? 
Yeah, it's everything, Molly. In fact, they take quite a large amount of time at the beginning of each year helping kids define and determine what their gifts and strengths are. They use a number of surveys and instruments to help kids really determine where are they strong? Where are their strengths? How can they pay it forward? And then the use of strengths in that data to connect kids to those leadership clubs, teams, either in the school or outside of the school to pay it forward to make a difference through project-based learning, through community events, and other opportunities at the school. So the strengths and the gifts and talents, aka the genius of the kids, is actually the foundation of the club system. It's actually beautiful to watch the kids understand their gifts and talents and to use them to pay them forward. Yeah, it sounds like the first piece is really discovering that self-awareness that this is my gift, this is my talent that I have to offer the world. And then what do I do with it? And what is my responsibility? Where do I find a spot for, you know, that that shine to come through? Right, Molly. And in this school at Bonita, they understand that community service starts at home. And so they help the kids, you know, just look around. What do we need here in the school building? And then let's look at the community. And then let's look even further. Let's look globally. And how can we use our gifts to pay it forward? Yeah, I love that. It's a strong sense of community connection. That's so beautiful. I have to ask you, because Bonita Springs is like so many of our schools out there, and it's making me curious, Bets, about, you know, what about the shy student or the students whose default might be, I'm just not good at anything. I mean, what happens then? How do they address that? Yeah, I think it comes down to the paradigms, Molly. When we change our definition of leadership, when we understand that genius doesn't mean just IQ and directly teach that to our students and help them understand that leadership isn't about positional power, that it's about using your gifts and talents to pay it forward, everything changes. And so kids soon understand that they can use their gifts behind the scenes. They don't have to be a sage on the stage or a public speaker. They can use their many gifts behind the scenes to still make a significant difference. It's really the paradigm of leadership that it's not about position. It's about what gift I have to offer the world, right? Oh my goodness. That's so exciting. So that's triggering the question. How does Bonita Springs bring student voice into the process of leadership roles? Well, Molly, this is really cutting edge. I hope you're on the edge of your seat. (laughs) Are you ready? You know I am. Let's go. (laughs) They actually talk to them. They talk to the kids, right? Yes. So they talk to them, you know, what are your gifts? What are your passions? What are your strengths? And again, we have instruments that can help us. But how do they want to contribute? And where do they want to contribute? Is it school-based? Is it community-based? Is it globally? And all of the clubs, or what we call deal time, drop everything and lead. We call it deal time here in Florida. How can they use their gifts and tales to pay it forward? So Molly, the answer to your question is they talk to the students. Yeah, I love that. Going back to that connection piece and really truly getting to know the passions of their students. Right. And Molly, just so you know, it's intentional. I mean, it's not just a good idea at Bonita. There are intentional systems. Again, the structures for finding their strengths, the conversations, the morning meetings, the huddle ups in middle school, the pacing guide that's structured so that everyone's talking about gifts and talents and the collective good and how they can pay it forward on either a local or global uh, venue or platform. So this is intentional. It's on their pacing guide and in their master schedule. 
So to, let's dig a little bit deeper into their systems. Okay. Um, to what do those look and sound like? I know you talked a little bit about, you know, the morning huddle-ups, passion surveys. If you had to generalize, I know that's a, probably not the best word, but if you had to just kind of outline some of those go-to systems to really share with our listeners, what would they be? I think the most compelling system, and people come far and wide to see this, is what's called their power hour. So every five weeks for two hours, 1,300 students leave their classrooms and go to their clubs on site, and they join a group of other students, again, K through eight, and they engage in this community service on site with teacher sponsors to pay it forward. So power hour is a system that is intentional. It's embedded in their culture and on their master schedule. And I'll tell you what, they've practiced. It's taken a couple of years, you know, for kids to move around, but they've also become families, families of leaders who go out there and change the world beginning at home, right there at Bonita Springs. Wow. You know, the results that you're sharing that Bonita Springs is getting, it's making that spark inside of me. I'm getting excited. I am truly on the edge of my chair, Betsy, I have to tell you. And I, you know, I want to be real with our listeners as well. I mean, I'm sure they hit bumps in the road with implementation. (laughs) And you brought up the whole idea of the paradigm of the empowering teacher at their school. And I'm curious if you could just tell us a little bit more about what paradigm they truly embrace. And then also, maybe what did they do when they do hit bumps in the road or if they have hit bumps in the road in the past, how do they overcome it? Yeah, Molly, what a great question. So the paradigm of leadership is alive and well. Everyone can be a leader. Everyone has a gift and talent. Everyone is there in their leadership academy to pay it forward. So that's who they are and what they believe. So as far as bumps in the road, you know, Molly really comes down to logistics. And I think about the execution gap in our schools. And when we think about these great ideas and these goals, and then what makes us stop or stall or pause, it's really around execution. And so this school has strategically strategically practiced. How do we go from one class to the other? When it's power hour, how do we go from the fifth grade classroom to the cafeteria to help with the lost and found? How do we go from a third grade classroom out to the gardens to help grow the lettuce so we can serve it to the cafeteria workers who serve us each and every day so we can give back to them? So it's really logistics, Molly. And they spend like, I'd say four to six weeks on just how do we move? How do we work with each other? What are our protocols when we work together as a team? What grade levels are together? Who are the teacher sponsors who have that passion that the kids have as well? And then what community service piece is embedded in that club so that we can pay it forward? So logistics are huge, Molly. You know, I'm seeing this almost system of how they see the process. So one is finding their passion, self-discovery, highlighting that passion, being very intentional. What does it look like? What does it sound like? And then let's put it in action and practice. And if we have to change some things here or there, let's change it because it's worth it. The rate of return investment in our students is going to be grand. It sounds like this is something that keeps on giving. I mean, it's not just living within the school. Like you said, it's it starts at home and it's, it's a sense of their community and who they are. Yeah, absolutely. And it's beautiful. They they even have community members come in and parents come in to help lead these teams. And it's beautiful to see this just expand over time. Wow, that's amazing. Okay. So I'm a teacher and I'm listening right now and I'm probably getting very excited about the possibility. Power hour I'm holding on to and deal time I'm holding on to. So I'm a teacher right now and I'm thinking, okay, this sounds fantastic. And I really want to implement leadership roles for my students. But I might just be thinking like, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, what would be some first steps that you would recommend? 
right? First step speaking in the classroom. You know, we've given out student jobs for hundreds of years in education. And so the twist here, the paradigm change is, hey, let's sit with our kids at the beginning of the year. Let's sit in August and hopefully we can all sit on a carpet together or talk together and just talk about what do we need in this classroom to make our family run well. So instead of bringing out that laminated chart of the jobs that we've had for 20 years and assigning them, let's talk to our kids about what's needed as a family. And maybe we come up with 10 things or eight things that are really meaningful that need to take place for us to run effectively. The key word here, Molly, is meaningful. If our kids aren't connected to meaningful roles that they have some contribution towards that they have connected to, then they're simply jobs. Hence the difference between the word job and role. So I guess my advice would be, let's get the kids involved. This is 180, 183 days of family. Let's talk together about what we need here, right here in the classroom. And from there, we can take a look at the school. What needs to be done here? What are we missing? How can we contribute to the greater good of the school? Mm -hmm. So strong connection and having kids have that strong sense of inclusion and belonging is what I'm hearing through that example. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Betsy, thanks for sharing your genius and the genius of Bonita Springs. We're going to do a little bit of a pivot here and you know what's coming next. Quick response answers. Are we ready? I think so. Go ahead. All right. Here we go. The best part of being a coach. Uh, Working with teachers. They are superheroes. Yes. Yes. One thing you're grateful for today. My health. Absolutely. Your favorite song to sing out loud. It's Justin Timberlake, Can't Stop the Feeling. Come on. That's a great song. (laughs) I'm with you. Yes. Okay. What books are on your nightstand right now? So right now, Unconscious Bias by Pamela Fuller and Teaching in the Online Classroom and the subtitle Surviving and Thriving in the New Normal. And that's Doug Lamov and it's fabulous. Yeah. Our reading list keeps on growing with every guest. Okay. If you had to remain a certain age for the rest of your life, what would it be? Molly, okay. I would say my age today, but I'm not telling you what it is. (laughs) Sorry. 21. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. What is the funniest travel memory in one sentence? Okay. So we took our family to New York City. So we crashed a party on a rooftop in New York City and we were admitted to this party. I don't know why, but it's really a VIP party for fashion models. We didn't quite fit in, Molly, but it was so much (laughs) fun. That story needs to be continued. (laughs) All right. Our last question. What is the best piece of leadership advice you've ever received? Oh gosh, there's so much. I've had so many great mentors. I would say the thing that resonates with me is that great leaders develop great leaders. You know, it's all about relationships, Molly. And I've learned to lead one relationship at a time. One relationship at a time. Absolutely. Just like our leader, the mission of our leader and me educators. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having some fun with us. Everyone, we're going to be right back with some more greatness from Betsy in just a moment. Are you interested in building community within your classroom this year? I am Sharon Chapman, coach consultant in the New York City area. Teachers are so excited when I share this resource on Leader Me Online. The seven habit chat cards, they can be used during morning meeting or advisory or family home connection opportunity. Check out the habit chat cards on leaderinme.com. Welcome to the Paradigm Pause. Today, let's take a moment to consider the paradigm of leadership 
a space that is not limited for a few, but open to all. Empowering teachers know and believe that leadership is not positional, it's a choice. It's defined as communicating the worth and potential in others so clearly that they're inspired to see it in themselves. When students align their passions with opportunities, they discover their own way to lead that's not limited by our thinking. Today, Betsy reminds us that leadership roles are not about complying, they're about contributing. It's about intentionally taking time to help students discover their genius area and supporting them in defining where they want to lead. It's about helping them find their voice and engaging in meaningful conversations that breathe confidence and an abundant mindset into their lives. When we choose to see our students through the paradigm of leadership, we help them see how they will impact the world. And that makes all the difference. Welcome back, everyone. We always end our podcast episode with one doable action step or strategy that the empowered teacher can take right back to the classroom. So Betsy, keeping our focus on all things leadership roles, what's one thing that our teachers can do today to unlock the genius in their students through leadership roles? Wow, Molly, what a great question. So I would say day one, talk to your kids, get them together, talk about who we are, what we believe as a family, create your mission statement together, and then talk about what it takes. What does it take to run this classroom for the next 180 days effectively? And how can our strengths and genius contribute to that efficiency and that effectiveness? So basically, Molly, talk to your students. Yeah, I love that. There's so much genius in that. Take your mission statement and develop your leadership roles based on what it's going to take to make that mission statement a reality in the classroom. Beautiful, Betsy. Thank you so much. And as always, thank you for sharing your genius with us today. And of course, a big thank you to our listeners. Keep shining. You've got this.